Welcome back to Warrior Talk, the voice of Little Rock Christian Academy, a.k.a. Warriorville. This is Gary Arnold, your head of school and your host. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life. It's a new school year. And we're feeling good. It's been weeks since we've connected because of the uh, summer break and the quarantine. But Little Rock Christian Academy is back face-to-face and virtual. And we just wanted to resurrect Warrior Talk to bring to you topics that would share an insight on schooling, on education, on parenting, and building community in the grace and truth of Jesus. This week, I've invited back to the table uh, the head of the lower school, Ann Shami, and the head of the upper school, Dr. Justin Smith. We thought we'd talk to you this week about our observations from week one, what we've learned from our warrior reunion. I tell you, it seems like in the past five months, we've all aged five years. And as I shared with the faculty, I think it's better said that in the past five months, we've matured five years. Well, I'm going to ask Mrs. Shami and Dr. Smith if they just share with us some of the insights that they've learned, and I'll close out with an uh, experiment that I shared with the faculty and staff at the beginning of the school year. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast again, Dr. Arnold. It is so good to be back in Warriorville and to have life in the buildings again. You know, you're asking the question on what are we learning as the school year begins, and uh, it's every day. Every day we're learning something new, um, something that uh, has come up that we think that we're doing well. Um, We're learning things that we can do even better. And it's just so great to see um, our kids back on campus, our kids virtual, our, our teachers doing such wonderful work um, because they love kids and they love Christ. One of the things that we engaged this summer, several of our teachers partnered with Baylor University in what they call virtual learning academies. And for four weeks, our teachers engaged with Christian educators from all over the country talking about how to do school in this new normal? What approaches should we be using in the classroom, knowing that there are students doing virtual learning, knowing that there are students coming back, knowing that there's social distancing? And so they spent a good portion of their summer talking with teachers from all over the country about what they were doing in their schools and what platforms they should be using and what philosophical tenets they had that aligned with us. So one of the programs, the platforms that came, that emerged to the surface was a program called Parlay. And it meshes well with our desire for student-centered discussions in the classroom. So Parlay is a platform that helps track discussions, that helps foster deeper discussions, that uses online tracking tools, that engages students um, who may be quiet or may be too talkative. And so how it works is that a, a teacher will create a discussion prompt through Parlay. Students will respond via Parlay on their Chromebooks. There's an opportunity for peers to give feedback on those student responses. So this is all happening pre-discussion. And the beauty of Parlay is it's all of that information is kept there in what we would call maybe a queue or an idea repository. So students and teachers are populating um, this discussion online. And then the live discussion happens and the teacher uses Parlay and the tools in Parlay to track the discussion, who is speaking, how long they're speaking, the types of Uh, comments and questions that they're asking, all so that we can keep this data to give feedback to our students so we can continually grow 
in student-centered discussions. There's a tap-in feature, so students can, if they have an idea or a question or a comment, can go ahead and register, tap-in, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'd like to add, so that they don't lose that thought or that they don't get lost in the shuffle. The neat thing is, is that Parlay allows us to slow the discussion down a bit more so that the discussion is not overrun by those who are super talkative or super ambitious in class, but it allows for equity of voice um, in the discussion. And the beautiful thing, it it keeps all the data there. So students um, can do all of their note-taking and annotations right there in Parlay. So we're super excited about Parlay and um, how our teachers could leverage it. A few teachers uh, to note, Mr. Rugen, Ms. Glenn, Ms. Siegert are all using this in their classes. They're using it to engage their virtual learners in real time um, as well as their on-campus learners. And so it's been a really um, helpful and useful uh, platform for our teachers to use. You know, in light of Harkness discussions, I got a text last night, and I just want to share it with you. The text is from a recent alum, and this is what he says. He says, hey, Dr. Smith, I just finished my first discussion about climate change on Zoom with my entryway at Harvard. I simply wanted to provide you with some validation that LRCA is the place to be right now. In my entryway, I was in what was basically a Harkness discussion on climate change for the past two hours with some of the smartest kids in the world. I was not always in agreement with some of the political claims, but I was able to respectfully disagree and hold my own throughout the discussion. I'm glad to have had the preparation that LRCA gave me, and I just wanted to use this as an encouragement to the teachers to show show that what y'all are doing is separating our school from the pack. Thank you. I can't tell you what that did um, to our teachers when I was able to share with them the hard work that they're doing, the commitment they're making to developing student thinkers and going deeply in discussion with our kids. They're prepared for college. They're prepared to engage at the next level, and they're prepared to stand firmly on the convictions they have. Oh, what a joy it is to receive a text like that from a Warrior alum. Well, thank you, Dr. Smith and Shami. What are you observing from our first two weeks together? Well, I think I'm seeing a lot. And I think probably the first thing that I'm seeing is students need to be in school. Structure is good for all of us. And just being here every day, following the structure of a school day, following what a school day looks like has been good for our children, and they have jumped in feet first, ready to go. So I think that's one of the things I'm seeing. The other thing I think is that children want to be at school. I I wish you could hear the laughter in the halls through masks. I wish you could just um, see them when they whisper sing. It has just been so fun for them to be back at school. I always look forward to August when we come back because children are eager to learn. They've had a break. They've had summer. And so they're ready to just really buckle down and learn. Well, we've been out kind of since March. So we're really extra ready to buckle down. And they have. They have just come in. They have adapted to everything. I had a mom stop me the other day, and she goes, I cannot believe how well children can wear a mask. And that that's just a simple one line that I've heard 
but it's true. So those are the two things, probably just the need to and the want to for children to be in school. Oh, thank you, Anne. Thank you, Justin. How good it is to be able to do what we've worked so hard to be ready to do. I mean, all we've wanted this summer was to open and to open strong, and that's what's happened. When I think back on our first two weeks at school, for me, it just boils back down to the three R's, as it always seems to do with school. My three R's are rewire, resilience, and rejoicing. Let me start with rewiring. You know, by necessity, we've all been forced to rewire our thinking about church, shopping, travel, and and school. And, you know, whenever you rewire, one has to be careful not to short out the system or worse, to get electrocuted. At the beginning of the year, I played a video for our faculty and staff. It's called the Backwards Bike. And a team of engineers re-engineered a bike that when you turned right, the bike would go left and vice versa. So when you turn left, the bike would go right. Everything else stayed the same. And then these engineers challenged riders to ride the bike for $100. I bet you $100 you can't ride this bike. And you know what? No one could. Uh, not even the engineers. So one engineer was so determined to ride that bike, not for the 100 bucks, for the principle of the thing, that after eight months of practice, every day, it finally clicked. Sure, he fell off over and over and over again, but he never quit. And uh, then he challenged his four-year-old son, who did the same thing, but mastered the bike in, guess what, two weeks. And we learned so much from that video of how to rewire the brain into a new way of doing things, something that's just so familiar as riding a bike. And we learned that it takes time. It just takes practice. That you're going to fall off the bike innumerable times. And lastly, that kids learn a new system more quickly than we adults. They're, they have more neuroplasticity, as the biologists would say. And, and I think that what we've come to learn through this doing school differently through social distancing and slowing down and virtual connections and all the things that we've had to adapt to and to adopt uh, is that this is going to take time. It's going to take even more practice than we thought. Uh, we're going to fall down uh, more than we'd like. But you know what? The kids are going to learn the new system more quickly than we are. In so many ways, that's humbling. But in so many ways, that's good news. The second R flows right out of that. And that is, as we've been told by the scientists now for years, our kids are more resilient than we think. I mean, yes, there is that cult of safetyism, uh, which has entered our culture. And yes, we have to be mindful of health and safety and well-being in all aspects, physical, spiritual, social. But our kids are pretty resilient. They can fall off that bike and get right back on uh, without even thinking about it. And when they encounter a problem in their normal school flow, it just seems to bounce off of them quicker than it does us. So I want us to give our kids credit for their resiliency and then teach them more skills to be how to be even more resilient as the world becomes more complex. The third R, rejoicing. I think it speaks for itself, but the Bible's pretty clear. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. 
And we've been able to do that uh, these first two weeks. One, in just getting back together as a family, that's been a season of rejoicing, of having these daily victories, of seeing the light bulbs go off, of seeing the kids work uh, hard despite the obstacles, of of, uh, having prayers answered, of being protected in so many situations. Here's a great example of rejoicing. When Episcopal Collegiate School was struck by lightning over the weekend, the headmaster noted that how glad they were that they had done all this preparation for e-learning for a virtual program because they had to close their high school building down due to the smoke and water damage from the lightning strike. And uh, yet their response was, he said, uh, realistically, it was a gut punch, he said. But then the more they thought about it, how they were able to rejoice in their circumstance that they were ready with a bona fide contingency. And that's what I'm talking about. The difficult circumstances aren't just going to fly away, but we can always find hope and we can find joy in the circumstance set before us in the Lord. So as we close out our podcast today, I'd love for you to be mindful of our school theme this year, Romans 8.37, where Paul writes, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There's so much in that one sentence to reflect upon. Tony Evans in a recent blog said, what's the most important word in that verse? And his view was that the most important word was the first word, the word in in all these things. And why is that? Because we're in it right now, every day. And even then, even in it, we can claim to be more than conquerors. How? Through him and his love. So take that with you this week. And Dr. Smith, Mrs. Shami, and I will look forward to talking to you uh, real soon. Until then, go in peace and go warrior.